ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد tonight then we're on the last section from the iman in the day of judgment we've covered over the last few lectures all of the different aspects regarding the day of judgment regarding from the beginning when the angel of death comes to take the soul of a person regarding the questioning of the grave thereafter the fitnatul qabr regarding the punishments and the blessings of the grave regarding the signs of the hour regarding the resurrection regarding the accountability the books where all of the deeds are written the balance and the weighing scale the pond of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam the bridge over the hellfire the intercession that will occur on that day we've gone through all of those topics one by one and tonight inshallah ta'ala we come to the final topic for now on the iman in the day of judgment and that is the topic regarding paradise and hellfire regarding the end the end of the day of judgment the final abode either a person enters into paradise or into the hellfire so regarding paradise and the hellfire the first topic about them is regarding when they were created or when they will be created regarding the creation of paradise and the creation of the hellfire so what do we say regarding that are paradise and hellfire already created and present or are they something that will be created on the day of judgment do they already exist have they already been created or are they going to be created on the day of judgment when people actually are going to be put into them which of the two is correct that they are already created paradise and hellfire are already created and in fact that is generally a consensus generally that is a consensus that paradise and hell are already created and that they are already present right now 
The only people who oppose that are the people of innovation. The likes of the Mu'tazila, the people of innovation, the likes of the Mu'tazila, who claim that paradise and hell have not yet been created. They claim that paradise and hell have not yet been created. And they claim that paradise and hell will be created on the day of judgment. So their opinion, it is in opposition to the correct opinion, the correct understanding and the correct belief that paradise and hell are already created and they already exist. They though, the Mu'tazila, one of the groups of innovation and deviation, say that they aren't, and that they are going to be created on the Day of Judgment, and that is incorrect. Why do they say that? Why do they have this opinion that paradise and hell are going to be created on the Day of Judgment, and that they have not? being created so far. From their logic they say, because people are going to be put into them on the day of judgment, so there would be no need for them to already be created right now. There would be no need for them to be present right now, because when the accountability happens and people are put into them, that's going to be on the day of judgment. So they say there's no purpose for them to be uh, created and present already. Ahlu Sunnah though, Ahlu Sunnah, the correct belief, we say that their paradise and hellfire are already created and there is a great wisdom in their presence already. So Ahlu Sunnah they say, for example, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to increase in the blessings of paradise. That paradise is created and Allah continues to increase the blessings within paradise. And similarly the hellfire has been created and Allah continues to add to the punishments of the hellfire, continues to increase the punishments of the hellfire. And also we know that from the life of the barzakh, the souls of the believers, there are narrations, how the souls of the believers, they are in paradise, and how the souls of the disbelievers are in hellfire. There are narrations of that nature, how the souls of the martyrs are in green birds in paradise, for example. Also, there are clear evidences to prove that paradise and hellfire 
have already been created and they already exist right now. One of them is from the Qur'an and that is, for example, in Surah Al-Imran, in 133, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions regarding paradise, أُعِدَّتْ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ That it has been prepared. It has been prepared for the righteous and the pious. It has been prepared. I.e. that is talking in the past tense. It has been prepared for the pious. The ayah does not say that it will be prepared for the pious. The ayah is in the past tense verb. It was prepared. It's been prepared for the pious. So that's something which has already occurred, the ayah indicates. And in Al-Baqarah, ayah 24, it mentions, أُعِدَّتْ لِلْكَافِرِينَ Regarding the hellfire, Allah said, it has been prepared for the disbelievers. Again in the past tense, it has already been prepared for the disbelievers. Not that it is going to be prepared for the disbelievers. It has already been prepared. It's already been created. So you can see Allah mentions paradise and mentions hellfire in the Quran in the past tense. That they have already been created. They've already been prepared. Another evidence is regarding the story of Al-Isra wal-Mi'raj. The night when the Prophet ﷺ was taken up to the heavens on the night of Al-Isra wal-Mi'raj, the night of ascension, in that narration, it mentions, the narration which is in Al-Bukhari Muslim, it mentions, ثُمَّ أُدْخِلْتُ الْجَنَّةِ The Prophet ﷺ mentions that on that night, he was entered into paradise. On that night, he speaks of paradise and having entered paradise. So of course, that is a proof that paradise is already created and already exists. وَرَأَى أَهْلَ النَّارِ وَذَكَرَ أَنَّ أَكْثَرَهُمُ النِّسَاءِ وَرَأَى الزُّنَاتِ وَالزَّوَانِ يُعَذَّبُونَ بِالنَّارِ And similarly, Regarding the narration of Isra al-Mi'raj, it's mentioned how the Prophet ﷺ saw the hellfire, the people of the hellfire in there, saw the fornicators, the men and the women of them being punished by the fire, and mentioned how the majority of the inhabitants of the fire were women. 
That is all again an evidence of the existence of the hellfire already. A third evidence. What was the first evidence? That paradise and hellfire already exist. That Allah mentioned them in the Quran in the past tense. Already there. Second evidence on the night of al-Isra al-Mi'raj. On the night of ascension. The Prophet ﷺ saw paradise and hell. The third evidence. A hadith. عرض الجنة والنار على المؤمن والكافر في القبر فالمؤمن يفتح له باب من الجنة والكافر يفتح له باب من النار The third evidence is that when a person is in the barzakh in the life of the grave you remember we mentioned one of the blessings in the barzakh, in the life of the grave, is that for the righteous a door is opened up into paradise. And the beautiful fragrances of paradise come into their grave and they see their position in paradise and they say, Ya Rabbi, aqimi sa'ah. Oh my Lord, establish the day of judgment because they want to go into that paradise. And the disbelievers, the wrongdoers, a door is opened up into the hellfire. And the heat and the poisonous smells of the hellfire come through. And they see their place and they say, Ya Rabbi, la tuqimi sa'a. Oh my Lord, do not establish the hour. Because they do not want day of judgment. They don't want to go and end up in the hellfire. So the fact that in the barzakh when somebody dies now, a door to paradise is opened up for the righteous and a door to hellfire for those who are not, indicates again that paradise and hellfire are already created and they already exist. The fourth evidence. There are narrations where the Prophet ﷺ was shown paradise and hellfire outside of the night of Al-Isra Al-Mi'raj. That was one evidence. But outside of that, normally during his life, there are narrations on some occasions when he was shown paradise or was shown hellfire. So there are narrations of that nature in Al-Bukhari, in Muslim, where the Prophet ﷺ, for example, in one narration it mentions he was shown the paradise to the extent that he could have taken a fruit from it. He was shown and it was presented to him like that. And that the hellfire similarly was presented upon him like that. So, not just on the night of Al-Isra Al-Mi'raj, but on other occasions there are narrations in Bukhari, in Muslim, where the Prophet ﷺ was shown paradise and hell. So again, that is an evidence that they already exist. The fifth evidence, the fifth evidence is, 
like we mentioned before, one of the blessings of the grave is that the souls of the believers, they are in birds in paradise. So again, that indicates the existence of paradise, that it's already there and it's already been created. And then their souls return back to their bodies when it is the resurrection time. The sixth evidence is a hadith narrated in Ibn Hibban or reported and collected by Ibn Hibban and Al-Hakim, Al-Tirmidhi and others. Authentic narration as mentioned by Al-Shaykh Al-Albani and Al-Imam Al-Tirmidhi. Hadith of Abu Hurairah, where the Prophet Sallallahu said, لَمَّا خَلَقَ اللَّهُ الْجَنَّةِ When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created paradise, قَالَ يَا جِبْرِيلِ اذْهَبْ فَانْظُرْ إِلَيْهَا Allah said, O Jibreel, go and look at it. Go and look at it. فَذَهَبَ فَنَظَرْ So Jibreel goes and sees the paradise. قَالْ And so then Jibreel says, يَا رَبِّ Oh my Lord, وَعِزَّتَكْ لَا يَسْمَعُ بِهَا أَحَدٍ إِلَّا دَخَلَهَا And by your might and power, nobody will hear of this except that he enters it. Meaning anybody who knows about paradise, surely they will want to enter this paradise. They will enter this paradise. So the point being, Allah already created that paradise. Jibreel was told to go and look at that paradise. So these are all examples, six different examples Highlighting and proving that paradise and hellfire have already been created and they already exist. And so no attention is to be given to the people of innovation and misguidance who have gone astray on this, the Mu'tazila and their likes, who claim that there's no point to paradise and hell yet. They haven't been created. They're going to be created on the day of judgment when they need it. That's what they say. And they have become wayward, misguided away from all of these clear evidences that paradise and hell have already been created and do already exist. So that is the first section regarding the topic of paradise and hellfire. The second section here regarding paradise and hellfire Will paradise and hellfire remain forever, forever? We know this world, this earth, it will eventually come to an end. And then the resurrection will occur, and the people will be raised up once again, brought back to life once again, their souls return to them, then their accountability will occur and they will enter paradise and they will enter hell. So then from that stage onwards, 
is it forever, forever, forever that they just remain there? Or does it eventually come to an end? So, اتَّفَقَ أَهْلُ السُّنَّ وَالْجَمَاعَةِ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الْجَنَّةِ وَالنَّارِ بَاقِيَتَانِ لَا تَفْنَيَانِ Clearly, أَهْلُ السُّنَّةِ are upon consensus that paradise and hell will remain forever. They will remain thereafter and they will not come to an end. قال شيخ الإسلام ابن تيمية رحمه الله تعالى شيخ الإسلام ابن تيمية رحمه الله سيد وقد اتفق سلف الأمة وأئمتها وسائر أهل السنة والجماعة على أن من المخلوقات ما لا يعدم ولا يفنى بالكلية كالجنة والنار والعرش وغير ذلك Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned in Majmu' al-Fatawa in volume 18, page 307 that the salaf of this ummah and the great scholars of this ummah and all of Ahlul Sunnah are agreed that there are certain things in creation that don't ever come to an end. The Salaf of this Ummah, the great scholars, and all of Ahlul Sunnah are agreed that there are certain things in creation that continue and they don't come to an end. From amongst them is paradise and hell. And from amongst them is the throne of Allah and others. But the point being in his statement there, Paradise and hell by agreement of the Salaf, by agreement of the scholars, he says, by agreement of Ahlul Sunnah, that paradise and hell continue and do not come to an end. وَقَالَ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ Shaykh al-Islam also said, in Dar At-Ta'arud, another one of his books, volume 2, 358, وَقَالَ أَهْلُ الْإِسْلَامِ جَمِيعًا That all of the people of Islam have said لَيْسَ لِلْجَنَّةِ وَالنَّارِ آخِرِ وَأَنَّهُمَا لَا تَزَالَانِ بَاقِيَتَيْنِ That there is no end to paradise and hell and that they will remain forever وَكَذَلِكَ أَهْلُ الْجَنَّةِ لَا يَزَالُونَ فِي الْجَنَّةِ يَتَنَعَّمُونَ وَأَهْلُ النَّارِ فِي النَّارِ يُعَذَّبُونَ لَيْسَ لِذَلِكَ آخِرٌ And that the people of paradise will remain in paradise forever in blessings. And the people of hellfire will remain in the hellfire forever in punishment. And that there is no end to it. That is the clear position of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah 
regarding the fact that the paradise and the hellfire will remain and continue forever. However, there are those from the people of innovation once again who oppose and differ with Ahlul Sunnah and their opposition and their differing is given no weight. But for the sake of knowing, there are people of innovation who oppose this, like for example the Jahmiyyah. The Jahmiyyah, they claim that there will be an end to them. But Ahlul Sunnah have mentioned their position based upon clear evidences. So what are those clear evidences that paradise and hell will continue forever? In the Qur'an, the first evidence, in the Qur'an you will have come across many ayat that mention how the people of paradise will remain therein forever. خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا abada, Remaining therein forever. So for example, you have many ayat, لَهُمْ جَنَّاتٌ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا abada, That they have rivers or gardens under which rivers flow, they remain therein forever. Al-Ma'idah 120, as an example. Similarly, another example, Al-Bayyinah. From Jaza'amma, you will all know, where it mentions, Jaza'uhum inda rabbihim jannatu adnin tajri min tahtiha al-anhar khalidina fiha abada. Again, the same rivers or gardens under which rivers flow, and that they remain therein forever. So that is one clear proof that it continues forever. That Allah is telling us the people of paradise will remain therein forever. The second evidence in Surah Sad number 54, إِنَّ هَذَا لَرِزْقُنَا مَا لَهُ مِن نَفَادِ That indeed, this is our provisions. Meaning those blessings, etc. This is our provisions. مَا لَهُ مِن نَفَادِ It does not have any running out. It will not ever run out. Allah is telling us those blessings, they will never run out. They continue forever. The third evidence, another example, Surah At-Tawbah 21 and 22, وَجَنَّاتٍ لَهُمْ فِيهَا نَعِيمٌ مُقِيمٌ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا أَبَدًا Gardens for them in it, is an everlasting blessing. And they will be therein forever. Another clear proof that there is no end to it. It continues and continues that blessing of paradise. 
وفي الصحيحين من حديث ذبح الموت and then in Al-Bukhari a Muslim you have another evidence where that hadith mentions how death is brought on that day in the form of a black ram and it is slaughtered and it is said يَا أَهْلَ الْجَنَّةِ خُلُودٌ فَلَا مَوْتِ وَيَا أَهْلَ النَّارِ خُلُودٌ فَلَا مَوْتِ In that narration in Al-Bukhari a Muslim it is said to the people of paradise O people of paradise, خُلُودٌ فَلَا Existence and remaining forever with no death. There will be no death, you remain forever. And it is said to the people of hellfire, وَيَا أَهْلَ النَّارِ O people of the fire, خُلُودٌ فَلَا Remain therein forever. You will remain forever. Falamut, and there will be no death. There is no death that you die and you finish. You continue now and you continue in that paradise or hellfire. So those were all evidences highlighting specifically the fact that paradise continues forever. As for the evidences, that hellfire continues forever too, then you have similar types of ayat in the Qur'an. In Surah An-Nisa 168 and 169, it speaks about the kuffar, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا وَظَلَمُوا لَمْ يَكُنِ اللَّهُ لِيَغْفِرَ لَهُمْ وَلَا لِيَهْدِيَهُمْ طَرِيقًا إِلَّا طَرِيقًا جَهَنَّمْ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا أَبَدًا that those individuals who disbelieved and they wronged and transgressed, then Allah is not going to forgive them, those who died upon kufr and shirk, and they are not going to be guided except to the path of hellfire, خَالِدِينَ fiha abada, And they will remain therein forever. In Al-Ahzab, 64 and 65, That Allah has cursed the disbelievers and prepared for them the fire, and they will remain therein forever. In Surah Al-Jinn, number 23, وَمَنْ يَعْصِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَإِنَّ لَهُ نَارَ جَهَنَّمَ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا أَبَدًا That whomsoever disobeys Allah and His Messenger, then for him is the hellfire of Jahannam, and he will remain therein forever. So that is one sample of ayat which are clearly highlighting the hellfire continues forever and those people remain therein forever. In another example, in Al-Ma'idah, number 37, يُرِيدُونَ أَن يَخْرُجُوا مِنَ النَّارِ وَمَا هُمْ بِخَارِجِينَ مِنْهَا وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ مُقِيمٌ they want to exit from the fire and they will not exit from it. وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ مُقِيمٌ And for them is a 
settled constant punishment. Continuous punishment. So in this ayah, there are two evidences in fact. One, because it says how the disbelievers want to exit from the fire, but, وَمَا هُمْ بِخَارِجِينَ مِنْهَا They will never be able to exit, indicating the fire will continue forever. And the second evidence that they have a constant punishment continuing forever, وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ مُقِيمٌ So these are all examples and evidences that the hellfire will continue and that it does not come to an end. Those two parts so far are clear. The first part, the first discussion regarding whether paradise and hellfire are already created or not, Ahlul Sunnah clear upon the evidences, they are already created and present. The second discussion here was whether they will remain forever thereafter or not. Clear Ahlul Sunnah, the position is that they will remain forever as per the evidences. The third discussion that we have here, the third topic, is that there are some scholars, you may come across this in some books, from the later scholars, not from the scholars of the early centuries, from the scholars of the later centuries, who had an opinion that the paradise remains forever, but that the hellfire does eventually come to an end. There is an opinion. We are highlighting this for knowledge, for information. There is an opinion of some of them, where they mentioned that the paradise continues forever, but that the hellfire does come to an end. And they even quote, and they reference, and they say, that this is an opinion of some from amongst the Salaf, and some from amongst the Sahaba. However, that is not established. It is not established that this was an opinion of any of the Sahaba. That, Paradise will continue and hellfire will eventually end. That is not the opinion of any of the Sahaba. The opinion of the Sahaba is that both of them will continue forever. What are the evidences that they perhaps came across and ended up upon this opinion? There is, for example, the ayah in Hud. 106 and 107, خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا Regarding the fire, they will remain therein, مَا دَامَتِ السَّمَاوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضُ إِلَّا مَا شَاءَ رَبُّكَ إِنَّ رَبَّكَ فَعَالٌ لِمَا يُرِيدٌ That they will remain therein as long as the heavens and the earth are except for that which your Lord wills. Except for that which Allah wills. They said in that case, this is an exception being mentioned here. 
that they will continue in that hellfire, except for that which Allah wishes. So maybe Allah will will or wish that it comes to an end, or that some people for them it comes to an end, because the ayah seems to be indicating an exception. They will continue in the fire except for what Allah wills. And so if Allah wills, then what is the exception indicating? That it will not continue forever. It will continue forever except if Allah wills. So they say maybe then the ayah is indicating that Allah will, will for that to eventually come to an end. However, this explanation of theirs is incorrect. And the correct understanding of that, when you put together all of the evidences of Ahlul Sunnah, one understanding of that is very clear, that they will remain therein except for what Allah wills. Is there any exception that we know of where the fire does come to an end for certain people? Huh? Exactly. Are Muslims going to enter the fire or not? There may well be Muslims who enter the fire because their sins outweigh their good deeds, major sins, etc. There may be Muslims who enter the fire, but do they remain therein forever? They definitely do not. So the scholar said the meaning of this ayah that they will remain therein except what Allah wills is clearly talking about those Muslims. Allah will, will for those Muslims to be taken out in the end. So the exception is just about them. It is not about the kuffar that Allah is going to will for their punishment to end and the fire to end. They say that's not the meaning of the ayah. The meaning except for that which Allah wills is in reference to those Muslims who ended up in the fire because of their sins. Allah is going to will for them to be removed. So for them, it does end and it's not continuous forever. The believers, the muwahidun, the usatul muwahideen, the sinners from the Muslims who ended up in there, they will come out. So they are the exception if you want to think of it that way. That for them, they don't remain therein forever. They come out and go to paradise and then remain therein forever, in paradise. So they said, this isn't talking about the fire as a whole coming to an end, or the kuffar, their punishment coming to an end. This ayah is simply in reference to the Muslims who committed sins, major sins, etc., that they, after their certain period of time in the fire, will come out. Another explanation of this ayah, that they will be therein, except for what Allah wills. Another explanation of what this exception could be, when would Allah stop that punishment and they're not therein forever? Another explanation of that is, that some scholars they say, it is in reference to their 
lives. Meaning, أن الاستثناء راجع إلى المدة ما بين خلقهم إلى دخول النار. فالله حكم بأنهم خالدون في النار ما دامت السماوات والأرض ثم استثنى مدة خلقهم وعيشهم إلى موتهم. The kuffar who end up in the hellfire. Are they in the hellfire from the beginning to the end of their creation and their existence? No, they are not. Which time period were they not? The time period when they were on this dunya. The kuffar, when they were on this dunya, in this dunya, in this world, they are living as they live and upon their kuffar and what they do. They're not in the hellfire right now. Then afterwards they go in and remain forever. So this exception, uh, except what Allah wills, is in reference to the kuffar in the world. Allah has willed right now that they have this life and they have this test and they're not in the fire. But then after that, they will be therein forever. So again, another clear explanation that makes sense uh, regarding how it is not in reference to the fire altogether coming to an end, that the exception is in reference to the kuffar in this world. They've been excused from the fire for now. The third explanation is to say that this ayah, they will remain therein except, as long as the heavens and the earth they are, except what your Lord wills. What is this exception? The third explanation is that we don't know what that exception is. So you can't use that as a definite evidence to say the hellfire is what it means. That is a general ayah. Doesn't specify it's in reference to the hellfire coming to an end and the kuffar will die and there won't be any more punishment. It doesn't specify any of that. But when you look at the rest of the Quran and the sunnah, we have evidences indicating specifically that the fire will continue. So you can't use this general evidence which may indicate an exception and then specify it to that and say the exception means the hellfire is going to come to an end. So it's too general to use as a specific evidence like that anyway. So the point is regarding that there, that the hellfire, it continues as the paradise, it continues. There is one issue that remains. And that issue that remains is that some people say that Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah and ibn al-Qayyim rahimahumullah both had the opinion, this opinion, that eventually the hellfire does come to an end. People say that ibn Taymiyyah and ibn al-Qayyim had this opinion that the hellfire does eventually come to an end. So what do we say regarding that? Al-Imam Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah, he does not have any explicit speech stating that opinion. There is no explicit speech where he says, and I believe the hellfire will come to it. Nothing like that. There is no explicit statement of that nature that the hellfire will come to an end. But what you do find from his statements are explicit statements claiming or stating, stating that the hellfire will 
come to an end. When you examine the works of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, you will find explicit statements from him regarding the hellfire never coming to an end. As is the opinion of Ahlul Sunnah. But you will not find any explicit statements from him to the contrary, saying that the fire will come to an end. That is the first point to note. Meaning people who have attributed this to Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah have not attributed it to him via any explicit statement that he made. And in fact, there is a small research paper that was written recently, printed, and in that the author highlights this claim that Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah believed the hellfire was going to come to an end, uh, that this belief is incorrect, and that Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah did not have that opinion, and there is no explicit evidence to indicate it. طُبِعَتْ لَهُ رِسَالَ مَأَخَّرًا أَوْرَدَ فِيهَا أَدِلَّةَ الْقَائِلِينَ بِفَنَاءِ النَّارِ وَاسْتِدْلَالِهِمْ وَلَمْ يَذْكُرْ فِيهِ هَذِهِ الرِّسَالَةَ أَيِّ تَرْجِيحِ In fact, in fact, there is a small book of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah himself. There is a small book of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah himself talking about this topic. In that book he mentions all of the evidences about the ones who mention the hellfire will not come to an end, as we've mentioned. And then he quotes and mentions the evidences of those who say that it will come to an end, and leaves it at that. People have maybe interpreted from that now and taken it a step further, and said therefore, maybe his opinion was that it comes to an end. But that isn't the case. He's simply laying out the discussion Laying out the discussion, laying out the evidences of both sides, and that's it. He's not taking any position on saying that the hellfire is going to come to an end. So there is no evidence of that to substantiate that. What remains then is regarding Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala. With regards to Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala, when you examine his books you come across three situations. When you examine the books of Ibn al-Qayyim now, you come across three situations. From some of his speech, it could be, could be interpreted that he seems to be leaning to the opinion that the hellfire does eventually come to an end. From some of his statements, it could indicate and seems to indicate that he views the position of the hellfire eventually coming to an end. Not the paradise, the hellfire. All this discussion is about the hellfire. But also, when you examine and read his books, sometimes you come across in his speech statements that seem to indicate he's not taking a position. That he's neither saying the hellfire will come to an end, but neither is he saying it definitely won't. That he hasn't got a position on that issue. That can be understood from his statements in some parts of his books. And the third perspective that can be taken out when examining the books of Ibn al-Qayyim is that some 
parts of the fire will come to an end and other parts won't. In some of the speech of Ibn al-Qayyim, that's what seems to be apparent. That he is saying, some parts of the fire will come to an end. But some parts will not. How can that be? Many about it. So we said before, when Muslims enter the hellfire for sins that they've committed, eventually they will be removed and the kuffar, they stay forever. So the section of hellfire where the Muslims were in and they were all in the end removed, it appears in some of the statements of Ibn al-Qayyim, he is saying that section comes to an end. That section of the hellfire then finishes. The rest of it, where the kuffar are in, continues forever. That can be understood from some of the statements of Ibn al-Qayyim. Also, from the analysis, when you go over the books of Ibn al-Qayyim then, from the analysis of it all, what appears to be the case with Ibn al-Qayyim too, is that Overall, the conclusion that you derive is that he is upon the same opinion as all of Ahl Sunnah that the hellfire altogether just doesn't come to an end. So, what has been attributed to Ibn Taymiyyah, we can say there is no explicit statement from Ibn Taymiyyah indicating that. Whereas all of his explicit statements indicate the fire comes to, or does not come to an end. That his explicit statements indicate the fire does not come to an end. And there is no explicit statement from him saying the fire comes to an end. So it can't be attributed to him like that. He is upon the opinion and the position of Ahl Sunnah, everything the same. Ibn al-Qayyim, when you examine his works, in some statements he makes, it could be interpreted that he is saying the fire comes to an end. In other statements, it looks like he's not taking a position, neither this nor that. And in some statements, it appears what he means is that the section of the fire where the believers are in, that will come to an end when they are removed. And the rest of it, where the kuffar are in, will obviously continue. And from those three possible deductions you can make, what is the clearest and the strongest and the overall deduction from the books of Ibn al-Qayyim too, is the same opinion as Ahlul Sunnah as a whole, that the fire does not come to an end and that's it. So it cannot be attributed to Ibn Qayyim or Ibn Taymiyyah that they said the fire will come to an end. That type of open statement is the statement of the Jahmiyyah, the people of innovation. That brings us to the end of our section regarding the belief in the Day of Judgment. So that's been maybe... 10 sessions, maybe 12 sessions, going over all of the details of the Day of Judgment in that type of style that we've done it there. The next question is, the next section now is obviously the last pillar of Iman, the belief in the decree. We can do the belief in the decree in the same way that we did the belief in the Day of Judgment, and that will then take six to eight sessions. 
and you'll go through all of the different parts and the discussions under each part and there'll be a full overview of the belief in the decree. Or it can be done in one lecture where you summarize the main points of the decree. So what does everybody wish to do? If you go through the whole of it, there is one point to take note of. Firstly, does everybody want to do the whole thing properly with the discussions like we have? Go through the topics of the decree. Most people saying yes. Then, the agreement we have in that case. Have to have an agreement in that case, give and take. The agreement is you have to revise carefully every week. Because the section on the decree is not easy. It is not like the day of judgment. The discussions that come under the topic of the decree, they need 100% focus on the nights when you come. If you come with 80% focus, you'll go away not having understood what we were talking about. So the next five or six sessions at least then, if we go through it with some detail, every time we have these sessions, every fortnight, you have to come with a fresh 100% focused mind, then revise that work, listen to the recordings afterwards, you have two weeks in between, and then we come back and do the next session, but at least inshallah, you do it once properly with six or eight sessions, and it will answer a lot of the questions people have, why is it that this happens, or why is it that sins happen then, and how does Allah already, or why is it that Allah knows we're already in paradise or hell, and then all these things people always ask about the decree. And the narration about Adam and Musa, when Adam said to Musa, it's your fault that we are in this earth. All of these things. So we'll go through them. Five or six sessions at least, in detail, all the discussions, but you have to focus in all of those sessions, revise carefully, listen to the recordings again, and inshallah ta'ala will do them. So we'll begin with that decree section in the next session inshallah ta'ala. We'll conclude upon that for tonight.